Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 96-98 to loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. After a win on the road against the Pacers, the Hawks come back to Atlanta and lose a tough game against the 76ers. The Hawks only score nine points in the fourth quarter and are unable to hold on to the lead. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a just disappointing game. The Hawks played really well for 36 minutes of this game. They had control going into the fourth quarter, uh, but they were unable to close out this game. And it was a very weird game rhythm-wise. It was one where, especially in the fourth quarter, it looked like both teams were tired. But ultimately, the 76ers and Joel Embiid would do enough to get the win, and the Hawks would fall 96-98. to The big story from this one is the nine points that the Hawks scored in the fourth quarter. But really, I thought it was uh, opportunities in the third quarter, especially where the Hawks could have extended their lead and they were unable to, that really let the 76ers hang around in this game and ultimately let them get a win. The the Hawks were wearing their Forever 404 jerseys, their yellow jerseys with the big hawk logo from the 90s they have a floor that goes with it and the hawks have not been very good in these jerseys unlike the mlk jerseys the hawks have had a lot of losses in these yellow jerseys but um going into this game the 76ers got out to a really good start in the first quarter and the first and second quarters were reflections of each other in that in the first quarter the 76ers were able able to turn the hawks over a ton the hawks had seven first quarter turnovers And then the 76ers were able to get to the free throw line a lot. They were able to get the Hawks into the bonus and then take advantage of that and really get um, their big players going. Joel Embiid and Seth Curry had wonderful first quarters, and the 76ers would ride that to a 31-22 lead in the first quarter. In the second quarter, the Hawks would do a much better job on defense. I actually thought that the 76ers did a really poor job on their offense. They were really slowing the game down, not getting into any offensive movement until about 10 seconds left on the free throw on the possession clock. And it forced a lot of poor shots and they were unable to really convert on those. On the other hand, the Hawks were able to get into the bonus themselves. They got into that really early and were able to use a 10-0 run at a particular point to build a lead and ultimately take a 52 to 44 lead into the locker room at halftime. And it was really, again, encouraging to see the Hawks after being down by nine in the first quarter, take advantage of the 76ers not being able to play Joel Embiid a ton of minutes and also take advantage of getting the 76ers into foul trouble um, in that second quarter and build that lead. Um, Danilo Gallinari got rolling a lot. The bench for the Hawks in particular was very good. Um, they would end up outscoring the 76ers bench 35 to 18 in the game. And a lot of that was Danilo Gallinari. So it was just really good to see that the Hawks come back, make a statement at home and go into halftime with the lead in the third quarter, the 76ers would come out and Joel Embiid really took control, um, for the 76ers and he was able to push the 76ers to tie the game about halfway through the third quarter, but then he would draw his fourth foul of the game. He would have to leave the game, and Trey Young would come in, and the Hawks would then be able to take advantage of the Embiid-less 76ers 
and pushed the lead back up to double digits. Um, again, there was a couple times in the third period that I thought that the Hawks could extend the lead. They had a couple chances um, with Clint Capella right at the rim, a couple missed layups by Trey Young even, um, but the Hawks would get a huge dunk from John Collins. The Baptist would add another killer dunk to his poster collection, this time going up over George Nyang and having a huge dunk that pushed the Hawks' lead to 85-76. to 76. Trey Young would find John Collins again at the end of the quarter on a wonderful screen and roll where he was able to find John Collins going to the basket through the ball. Uh, Andre Drummond was trying to get back to John Collins, and uh, Trey Young was able to throw a beautiful ba- bounce pass to the Baptist who finished the layup um, for the Hawks to build their lead to 87-78. to 78. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to build that lead anymore. The one thing that was able to keep the 76ers in the game in that third quarter is they got a couple of big three-pointers, in particular George Niang, who was in the starting lineup for Tobias Harris, who the 76ers did not have. He had a non-COVID illness. He was able to hit a couple three-pointers, and every time it felt like the Hawks would really seize this game, put it away, it kind of felt like the 76ers were asking the Hawks to put this game away. The Hawks just weren't able to make the shots. I thought there was a lot of missed opportunity in that third period where the Hawks either weren't able to get a defensive rebound and the second chance shots were able to keep the 76ers in this, or there'd be a shot right at the rim and the Hawks would be unable to convert. Um, in, po- in a positive news in the third quarter, Kevin Herter was able to knock down some three pointers and get to the free throw line. It was good to see Kevin continue to play strong, especially in the starting lineup. Um, but the Hawks would go into the fourth quarter with a nine-point lead up 87-78. to 78. Now, the fourth quarter, the first half of the fourth quarter, neither team could really get anything going offensively. The teams would combine to go four from 20 from the field. The Hawks, in particular, would roll out a Clint Capella plus bench lineup, um, and Lou Williams was able to hit a couple of shots. He hit a couple free throws and made a floater, but there was just no offense, and the Hawks would finish They would finish the fourth quarter with zero assists in the quarter. And the Hawks would finish the game. They'd only have 20 assists. And so that means means they had 20 assists going into the uh, fourth quarter. Trey Young himself had 10 of those assists. It just, the Hawks can't have a quarter where they don't have any assists. And it really, I mean, as I've talked about these last few episodes, the assists are a real barometer for this Hawks team. And they are certainly a statistic that shows how much the ball is moving, how many passes the Hawks are making. But it's also a big uh, reflection of the Hawks hitting shots off those passes as well. And in this fourth quarter, especially with that first lineup, there's not a lot of playmaking on that with DeLon Wright and Lou Williams. Lou Williams is going to try to find his own shot. If he does pass it to Danilo Gallinari, for as good as a game as Danilo had, his game is really... A lot of post-ups, trying to get a shot over a smaller player, and that's going to take a lot of time. The Hawks missed a couple opportunities. They had back-to-back fast breaks where they had really good defense um, and were able to get out on fast breaks, and they weren't able to bury the shot. They weren't able to get two points from that. And it just really hurt the Hawks that they couldn't get those easy points. But zero assists in a quarter is frankly just unacceptable for this Hawks team. Um, the 76ers did not shoot the lights out by any, uh, stretch of the imagination. And this was a game that went down to the wire. 
Um, the Hawks would be outscored 20 to 9 in the fourth quarter, and the uh, 76ers would take their first lead for a long time with a Joel Embiid little floater over uh, Clint Capella. The Hawks had a couple of opportunities to tie the game or win it at the end. Trey Young got right to the basket, and when it was able, unable to put it down, they ran a play where they got the ball to John Collins on in the corner. Uh, Joel Embiid was able to close out on J.C. J.C. drove into the paint and tried to find the ball to the other corner. Uh, Seth Curry made a wonderful play to steal it. Uh, J.C., that the corner he was trying to go to was defended very well, and actually the open player in this situation was Danilo Gallinari at the top of the key. It would have been a really tough pass or play for J.C. to make, but his advancement in passing, I think it's one that he could make. Um, but that got taken away. The Hawks were able to hold and not give up a shot, so they did, still had an opportunity, and they actually got a run out, but the 76ers um, smartly fouled the Hawks with two seconds left, and there was no, they, the Hawks weren't in the bonus yet, um, and so the Hawks had to run a final play with two and a half seconds left. They got it to Danilo Gallinari at the three-point line. He was able to shake uh, Joel Embiid, but he just missed the three-pointer. He left it short, and it became a 98 to 96 win for the 76ers. Joel Embiid actually celebrated a ton, um, a little more exuberantly than I would think for a normal regular season game. But with the history between these two teams, the Hawks knocking out the 76ers in the playoffs last season, I understand it. But and the comeback that the 76ers had to make to get a win um, just shows you how much was on the line. And it was frustrating for the Hawks. Um, again, to only score nine points is really disheartening, but they really only needed 12 points in the quarter to get a win, and they were unable to do that. Um, and after being so good, especially at getting the 76ers into foul trouble, they were unable to do that in the fourth quarter, um, and they were just unable to get any easy offense. And I think it's really the stretches of the non-easy offense, time seeing players go try to go into the one-on-one or just not get into the easy stuff. I don't know if we saw a um, JC and Trey pick and roll in the fourth quarter. Now, teams are doing a much better job of breaking up lobs, and actually in the first half of that fourth quarter, Lou Williams tried to get it to Clint Capella, and it just didn't work. And Clint Capella did not have one of his best games. He was just he had six points on two of eight shooting. He was two of five from the free throw line. He had 11 rebounds, five of them offensive. He just couldn't get anything to go at the rim. He was there. He had a couple offensive rebounds, but just nothing went in. And that was happening in the fourth quarter for both teams. Again, they combined to go four of 20 in that first six minutes of the fourth quarter. It was just a brutal offensive um, showing. But Clint Capella just did not have it tonight. TLC, um, zero points, 0 of 2. He's only taking three pointers. Um, he had three rebounds, four fouls in 18 minutes. The Hawks just didn't get a lot from anyone besides their uh, kind of big three. Trey would finish with 25 points, uh, 10 assists. He would have shoot two of five from the three-point line, eight of 22 from the field. He finished with five fouls, four turnovers, and a block. I thought Trey had a couple turnovers where he was trying to be a little bit more ambitious. Again, he's going to have turnovers. He's trying to get his teammates the ball and positions to succeed, but four can be pushing it, and I thought it was not his best performance. He was able to score four of the Hawks' last few points, 
getting to his spot, getting to um, the free throw line and getting to his floater, which he can still make over Joel Embiid, which is amazing. But um, it just wasn't really a, a strong performance in the fourth quarter for the Hawks guard. John Collins would finish with 18 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 on his three-pointers. He got to the free throw line where he was 4 for 6. One area where the Hawks really hurt themselves was at that free throw line. They were able to get there 30 times, really take advantage of when the 76ers were in foul trouble, but they only knocked down 24 of 30 free throws. Um, Again, John Collins is an 80% free throw shooter, but it seems like every game he goes 1 for 2 on his first free throws of the game and um 80 percent is certainly good enough for where he is but it just would really help the hawks out if he could have games where he was six of six or things like that another thing in this game the hawks had two technical fouls and a defensive three seconds that's three free throws for the 76ers that they normally wouldn't have trey young had a frustration technical in the second quarter he got fouled he got hit in the head and they didn't call it and he got a foul, a technical called for his reaction. And then um, Kevin Herter got a te- technical for d- disputing an, a call in the third quarter. Um, but those three extra free throws, the 76ers only had 17 free throws. They went 13 of 17. And those three points made a huge, uh, huge difference for this game. Uh, actually, Seth Curry missed one of the free throws. But the 76ers were really able to take advantage of a couple times. The Hawks had some... Uh, knucklehead plays. The Hawks would finish with those 20 assists, but they had 15 turnovers. Seven of those turnovers would come in the first quarter where the 76ers were able to build their nine-point lead. Kevin Herter had a nice game, 12 points, four of nine shooting, two of six on the three-pointers. He did get to the free-throw line. He had two rebounds and two assists. And then off the bench, we talked about Danilo Gallinari, 18 points, five of 12 from the field, two of five on his three-pointers. Again, getting to the free throw line, you know uh, Gallo is going to get to the free throw line. Six of six there. He had eight rebounds, three assists. It's been really good to see Gallo. These last couple games really start to look like the Gallo of old. I thought DeLon Wright had a solid game. He had just two points, but he finished the game with three steals and four assists. He also had six rebounds. He helps the Hawks on the rebounding edge. And then Lou Williams would finish with 11 points, three of eight from the field, two of four on his three-pointers. Um, he did get Maxi to foul him shooting a three-pointer where he buried all three of the free throws for the Hawks. He had one rebound to steal, but he did have five turnovers. Um, Lou also had a wide-open three in the corner that he was so wide open, he was able to take a dribble and then shoot it, and he missed it. One of those that you just too much time um, to think about the shot, and he missed it. But really, this was a solid game from the Hawks, and they did everything well except to win the game at the end. Um, they shot the ball pretty well, 40%, 41% from the field, 36 of seven, 31 of 76. They were 10 of 28 on their three pointers, 56% there. Again, the free throw shooting was a really brutal thing for them. 24 of 30. They out rebounded the 76ers 47 to 40. Um, the turnovers really hurt them, but this is a game you got to win at home and, to have the 76ers right where you want them going into the fourth quarter and then not be able to finish this game off is really tough. And the Hawks are trying to get back into um, the winning that they had done to get on that little winning streak they did right after uh, that tough West West Coast string. And you have to finish games off, especially at home against teams like the 76ers. 
Joel Embiid had a wonderful game, 28 points, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He had 12 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. Again, he was really everything that the 76ers were doing in that third quarter. Without him, the 76ers would have been lost. Uh, Embiid was able to get into the paint and really take it to Clint Capella. And then when he got double teamed, the Hawks tried to help Clint Capella out by bringing a player over to help double team. Uh, Embiid was able to find the open uh, offensive player in the corner, usually it was Danny Green or George Nyang, and they would hit some threes. So he was just a huge part of the 76er comeback, and he hit the big shot at the end for the 76ers to get the win. Seth Curry continues to be a Thorn in the Hawks' side, he had 18 points. He was just 2 of 4 from the three-point line. The Hawks did a nice job of running him off the line, but Curry was able to get his points going to the basket or at the free-throw line. He had three rebounds, five assists, and a steal. He was plus 13. Um, George Niang hit a couple of big three-pointers in that third quarter that helped keep the 76ers in this game. Um, he would. He has a great nickname. He is called the Minivan, but... He'd finished with four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. I really thought that he was a little bit of a difference maker in this game. And there were a couple of times the Hawks really could have pushed the lead, stretched this lead, put this game away, and Yang hit the three-pointer to keep them in it. Tyrese Maxey, starting as point guard for the 76ers, had 11 points, 4 of 10 from the field. He had a couple of really nice driving layups in the fourth quarter to help keep the 76ers in this game and get them close. Um, but he would finish with three rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. And then finally, Danny Green had 10 points, two of five on his three-pointers. He had two blocks. Um, so every player in the starting lineup for the 76ers was in double digits. Uh, they also got nine points off the bench from Furkan Korkmaz. Um, just a brutal loss for the Hawks is really the only way to put it. They played such a good game, a game they should Again, win. That's a game that they played well enough to win. And then in the fourth quarter, they kind of just didn't finish the game. Um, anytime you score nine points in a quarter, it's never going to uh, turn out well. But the Hawks held the 76ers to 13 points in the second quarter. So both teams had tough, tough quarters. And the 76ers were able to do a little bit better job, especially at the end of the game, of limiting what the Hawks can do. I, again, go back to that stat. Zero assists in a quarter. Zero assists in that fourth quarter. That just can't happen with a passer as good as Trey Young, with a team with as many shooters, even without DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You got to find ways to get easy shots, and the Hawks just weren't able to put them down at the end of this game. Um, tough loss in Atlanta. It moves the Hawks to 12-11 and 11 on the season, and they're moving forward to play the um, Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. But uh, tough loss. Trey Young has another great double-double, 25-10, and 10, but it's not enough as the Hawks fall 96-98. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.